Today on Locked on A's, we're talking about the A's and the playoffs, but not in the same segment. Let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 467 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about the A's game from last night against the Angels. What a walk-off win for the A's in extra. Seth Brown had a game. Uh, some other guys had some games. We're going to talk about them. And then later on, we're going to be talking about the playoff field. What's going on? And uh, we're going to focus a little bit more on the NL and some of the implications over there. And then I'm going to give you guys a team to root for in the playoffs. I'm going to choose one team the rest of the week, give you somebody to cheer for that is not the Oakland A's because the A's will not be in the playoffs. So that's what we got coming up for you guys today. But before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked on Ace your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms. Uh, one of those platforms is YouTube. So subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community. Pose a question in there. I'll answer it on the show. We'll have a great great time. It's excellent for content, so do it. <laughs> uh, good times. Anyways, uh, so I said on yesterday's show that this series could come down to which manager has their team focused with nothing to play for and an end to the season in sight. Uh, the Angels played very sloppy in the third inning, but the A's weren't able to push home a run with the bases loaded. And then Anaheim, I'm still calling them that, Anaheim, uh, they went out and scored two in the fourth and two in the fifth, giving them a four to nothing lead. But these A's do not quit. A Seth Brown triple in the eighth inning brought home the A's first run, and then Shea Langoliers singled him home, and then in the ninth, Brownie played spoiler with a bases-loaded single that tied the game at four in the ninth, and then after Domingo Acevedo worked around a little bit of trouble in the tenth, a Christian Pache sack bunt pushed the ghost runner over to third. Uh, it ended up being the winning run because Tony Kemp singled through a three-man right side of the infield to take home the win, snapping the Angels' win streak at seven. Uh, other than Seth Brown's two-for-five night with a run scored in three RBI, the other standout has to be Jared Koenig out of the bullpen. Uh, I'll get to him in a second, but he was the other standout because he was fantastic. Uh, Adrian Martinez, the A starter in this game, went four and a third innings pitched, gave up seven hits, four earned runs, walked two, struck out five, and then Austin Pruitt got the final two outs in the fifth. Uh, starting the sixth inning, though, Jared Koenig, uh, who went the rest of regulation in this one before they went into overtime, uh, he, he went four innings pitched, zero hits allowed, zero walks allowed, and he struck out three. And I talked recently about Koenig performing at his best out of the bullpen when he gets a while to rest up. And his last appearance before this one was against the Mets, and that was the one that I was talking about. Like, he only had a couple of days in between. Maybe that's something that we keep an eye on. Let's see if the A's push him out a little bit sooner 
to see if they can make him a, a more uh, frequent contributor of the bullpen. And they were like, hey, how about no? How about uh, we, we wait a few more days and, uh, you know, see what happens there? Because he gave up like six runs and three innings, I believe, against the Mets. Uh, I thought that they would give him another chance with the shorter rest, but the A's may be content letting him go three or four innings just once a week and provide outings like the one that he did on Monday. In 11 innings out of the bullpen, when he rests more than two days, he has allowed a total of five hits, one run, he's walked two and struck out seven. It's really hard to overlook those results when if you just get him a little bit of rest. Maybe he only needs three days of rest. That's something that they could tinker with a little bit at the beginning of next season if he does make the opening day roster because he's been super effective. He's put himself on the radar as a potential bullpen weapon right now. So you got to at least see what he's doing and what he's capable of, I, I think, come opening day next year. He's also quick to the plate, so that could also help his case. And on yesterday's show, I also wanted Adrian Martinez to go a strong five innings uh, to really solidify and put a stamp on the 2022 season and really leave us wanting more from Adrian Martinez. And that didn't necessarily happen in his final outing of 2022. But I'm thinking that a stat line could have been a little bit cleaner because uh, the Joe Adele single through the left side that scored two was a bit of a botched play defensively, but it was not ruled an error, so the runs were charged to Adrian Martinez. Uh, third baseman Ernie Clement cut in front of sure-handed Nick Allen at short, and neither of them came up with the ball. It just rolled into the outfield, and they, they made the left fielder go get it. Uh, Matt Chapman used to do this to uh, Marcus Semien and Tony Kemp, all, or not Tony Kemp, sorry, uh, Elvis Andrews. They, he used to do it to them all the time. But I think it's safe to say that Ernie Clement is not Matt Chapman because nobody is Matt Chapman. He's he's a special defender. Ernie Clement's been good. He just hasn't been Matt Chapman yet. So uh, maybe you let the potential gold glove shortstop uh, get that one next time. I don't know. Um, Martinez was solid through the first three innings and those two runs he gave up in the fourth, I'm willing to discount a little bit because that play probably happens more often than not. I'd say at least 80% of the time that that is made, if not 90 or 95. Uh, it, if guys had played more than like a week together, it probably happens like every single time, but it didn't this time. It got charged to Adrian Martinez. His stat line looks worse. I'll give him four and a third over two innings. Or, uh, and Sorry, four and a third innings and two earned runs. Makes it look a little bit better, but I still wanted that five innings to really solidify that he can go slightly deeper into games. That would be nice. And the reason that I'm willing to discount the two runs uh, for Adrian Martinez's sake, uh, one, I, I like him and I want him to do well. Uh, and the other one was it, it's a guy trying to make an impression defensively for next season uh, that he and he feels like time is running out. And I get that he, he wants to be on the A's. He wants to have a big league spot next season. He wants to go out and make these plays. Ernie Clement, he can make plays. He just didn't make this play, and I feel like he might have been pressing a little bit defensively, and it cost Adrian Martinez a couple of runs right there. So I, I think that that's what's going on right there. But up to that point, Clement had not recorded a hit with the A's since joining the club at the end of last month. He made up for a little bit, though, when he collected his first hit 
in the green and gold with a leadoff double to start the rally in the ninth. With the win, the Nationals own the worst record in baseball by two and a half games. They're playing a doubleheader today, though, so uh, that, that'll change, and we'll see if the A's can potentially have the worst record in baseball by the end of the day. Uh, the Mets and the Nationals are doing the doubleheader, and then another game on Wednesday, and uh, I, I don't really expect the Mets to get swept to, to end their their regular season, but hey, maybe it happens and the A's lose the next two, and that, that's what it would take, honestly. Uh, and I don't. I think that that would put them tied overall. And if the if they if the Nets sweep the Mets and the A's lose their two games, the A's could lose their two games easy, no problem. I just don't think that the Mets are going to get swept by the Nationals to end the season heading into the playoffs. Uh, I, I think that the Nationals, because they won two out of three against the A's back in like August, uh, I think that they own the tiebreaker on the A's, which in this case is bad because you'd get a worse draft position because you beat the other crappy team two out of three games. Somebody had to. Oh, well. Uh, so if the A's keep losing and the Nationals keep winning, the A's might have, I mean, they'd have the same odds to get the number one pick, but but then the worst that they could draft would be the seventh overall pick if they don't get one of those lottery picks. So that's fun. Uh, yeah, I thought that that was interesting. Uh, the Angels will also be in the lottery, but that seven-game win streak that they were just on that the A's snapped, uh, that kind of messed things up for their odds. Uh, the Diamondbacks, the Cubs, and the Angels all have the same record this season at 90, or sorry, 73. That was way off. 73 and 87. And their records ranked 10, 11, and 12 just randomly. Uh, I don't know that they've all played each other. I was on uh, Tankathon or something like that.com where they could you could do like a little random draft and see what, what happens with the, with the odds and see how often the A's can pick first. It's not all the time, which stinks. But uh, they had them 10 through 12. I don't know that there was rhyme or reason to how they were ordered. But uh, they could have been like the eighth or the ninth seed in this if they had just like lost a few more games instead of one seven in a row for no reason. Literally no reason. The The Angels can't even lose right. This team is a mess. I don't get them. Uh, but, hey, they got Shohei and Mike Trout, so that's cool. And also Anthony Rendon, who plays baseball sometimes. And some other guys, too. Taylor Ward's actually been really good against the A's. So uh, watch out for him. And Luis Renjivo's, he's been good overall. They've both been good overall. But Luis Renjivo seems like an A's killer. He's like the new A's killer. David Fletcher, like... He didn't retire, but he's retired from that post. And Luis Ranjifo has just taken up his mantle and is doing bad things to the A's. So that's awful. <laughs> Anyways, coming up, we're talking about the playoff field because everybody that is in the playoffs is now in the playoffs. Everybody's clinched a playoff spot. That's what that means. Stick around. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. I was just looking. They have table tennis, you guys. 
Bet Online Table Tennis. I know that I'm going I'm to read some sports here in a second. Table Tennis is not one of them, but if you want to bet on some table tennis, you got like an N on somebody in table tennis, go put some money on your favorite table tennisser because you can at Bet Online. And they are also the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including baseball and MMA and boxing and golf and table tennis, you guys. How fun is that? Go pick a. Pick your favorite name for your table tennisser and then head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more and then put money on your favorite ta- table tennisser because BetOnline is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe on your platform of choice. We're also on YouTube, so go subscribe to the channel over there. And uh, follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. If you guys have any questions, join our Twitter community. Just pose them in there, or you can tweet them at us, too. It's fine. Uh, just... Let me know what's on your mind. We're heading into the offseason, and uh, everything is open. Anything's on the table. The offseason's a blank slate. Let's talk some baseball, you guys. But uh, yesterday, I talked about the AL bracket in the playoffs and how that is shaping up. Uh, Well, the Mariners and Rays both lost on Monday, uh, so the separation is still one and a half games. The Mariners are playing Detroit twice today, uh, so we'll know whether the final game matters or not by the end of today. Uh, The two teams could also be tied by day's end if things go awfully for the Mariners and uh, the the Rays win. So if the the Mariners lose two and the Rays win one, they're tied. And then, oh man, they gotta they gotta do some stuff on Wednesday, and that'll be interesting. A tie does Seattle no good with Tampa owning the tiebreaker after beating the Mariners five out of seven games in late April and early May, which is wild that those games at the beginning of the season uh, dictate how things go. But sure, whatever. I also wondered if the Rays could be trying to secure the sixth overall seed and face Cleveland in the wild card round instead of Toronto by losing of late. I think they're like three and seven in their last ten, and uh, I guess we'll get an answer to that on Tuesday too. Uh, if they keep losing, they cannot overtake the Mariners. It's as simple as that. So uh, I- I'm going to go ahead and say that they they're doing it for sure. I think that they're good enough to be able to do that. Anyways, uh, but moving over to the uh, uh, National League, we also got some clarity on who's in the dance officially. The Phillies handled their own business in Houston and clinched a wild card spot, officially eliminating the Milwaukee Brewers from playoff contention. Uh, the next two days will determine whether they will face the Cardinals in the wild card round or the Mets and Braves division winner. Uh, you have to think that the Cardinals would be the favorable matchup for anybody who's going into the if it's the Phillies or the that or the uh, the Padres, you probably want to face the Cardinals as opposed to either the defending World Series champions or Degrom, Scherzer, and Bassett and the rest of the gang and you know Pete Alonso and all those guys. You probably want to face the Cardinals. I know that the Cardinals are still a good team, but uh, they're not the Mets either or or the Braves. They're not the Braves either, and the Braves are hot and good and. It, You know, like me. (laughs) Anyways, uh, go figure. But uh, playing the the central team in both leagues seems like the best option for the the fifth and sixth wildcard teams. Uh, Isn't that weird? The Central sucks is what I'm saying. It, it generally always sucks. There was one year, no, well, there's a couple of years, when the Pirates were also good and they were all winning like 97 games. Uh, that's a fluke. They're, all the Central teams suck always. 
there's always one good one, and it's just because they beat up better on the other teams than the rest of them. Beside the point. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can talk to uh, our twins host and uh, tell them that the twins have never been good. That's a hot take that I got. I, twins have never been good because they can't win in the playoffs, and and they only win because they're in the central. They suck. You hear that, Nash Walker of Locked On Twins? You suck. Well, you don't suck. That your team sucks. Uh, anyways, as things currently stand, the Padres are up on Philly by one game, uh, and the Phillies would go to St. Louis for their three-game series, and then the Padres would go to Queens to face DeGrom and Scherzer and Bassett. That's how things currently stand in the playoffs. But, uh, I mean, there there are other options, like the Braves could lose the rest of their games, and the Mets could win the rest of their games, and the Mets could win the division. There's also the fact that uh, the Padres could lose their, their next two games. And, uh, I mean, they got Shamanai on the mound tonight, so they're not going to lose tonight, obviously. He, he's not pitching well. <laughs> and he's also going against Carlos Rodon, so uh, not great. But uh, the Padres could lose their two games, and then the Phillies could overtake them, and then then all of a sudden the Cardinals are facing the Padres instead. And uh, that would probably be uh, good for the Padres, I, I would imagine. But uh, none of these teams has an easy road with the Braves currently waiting for the winner of the, the, the current matchup of the Phillies and Cardinals. Whoever the Cardinals are playing and uh, their wildcard opponent uh, gets to face the Braves. Whoever wins the, the Cardinals series, essentially, gets to face the Braves after that. And then on the other side, you got the 110-win Dodgers waiting for either the Mets or the Padres. or And so that's also not a great route to go. So honestly, uh, I think I'd rather face the Dodgers in the NLDS, uh, but that also means going through the Mets or, I don't know, being the Mets. So that's also, uh, you know, tricky because you can't like be the Mets unless you are the Mets. And then you also have to beat the Mets if you're the Padres or the Phillies. The Phillies might be able to get the, the Grom once and then Bassett. I don't know. There's, there's a route. I just don't know that it's a clear route like uh, like the Rays would have, where it's like, hey, we, we beat uh, Cleveland because we're you know fairly evenly matched, and then we go face a divisional foe who we don't like in the Yankees, and then hey, we're in the ALCS facing probably Houston. So uh, that that's that's the Tampa Bay route that they're currently on right now, and that one makes a lot of sense. The other ones, pick your poison, I guess, but just go play good baseball, I guess, is all you can really hope for if you're an NL team. So now we know the teams. And I'm going to talk about some of the reasons to root for a few of those teams over the course of the week. But today, we're talking about one team in particular, and there's some A's lineage that we're going to get into. Stick around. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. We're also on YouTube, so go comment or do things over there. Uh, follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at my Jason B on Twitter, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. The first of the teams that I think that you should root for is the San Diego Padres. I'm not ranking. I'm not ranking them like this is the number one team that you should root for, but it's a team that you know has A's lineage. And so they'd be easy to root for. They're a fun team. There you go. Uh, th th those are the things. But the, the most obvious reason to root for the Padres is that they're managed by Bob Melvin. And if you've been a fan of the A's for the last decade, uh, you know Bob Melvin was the A's manager and uh, fairly likable. So there's that. And he's still the same guy, only now his owners are giving him tools to play with, like uh, acquiring one of the best young players in baseball in Juan Soto at the trade deadline. That's a thing that I didn't think would happen. I didn't think that the, the Nationals would trade him. And then all of a sudden he went to the 
the the fun team in baseball, and Bob Melvin's over there, so that's cool. Uh, they also have Sean Mania, though I'm not actually sure that he's going to make the postseason rotation, or even if he'd be in the bullpen. Uh, it, it'll be between him and Mike Clevenger, who, and they're both struggling right now because they both have ERAs of over six in their last seven starts. So basically, hey, do you want a righty or a lefty? Uh, that might help Sean Mania because he's a lefty, obviously. Uh, but otherwise, he, I, I don't know that he's going to be on the postseason uh, on the postseason roster, at least in the wild card round. So, hey, we'll see. Uh, and then they also have Jerickson Profar, who won time A. He was he's on the team still, which is weird. It seems like he like actually found a home with the Padres, so good for him. Uh, on the season, he's batting 243 with a 331 on base, and he has 15 home runs. It's a nice stat line. It's not an outstanding stat line, but it's a nice stat line. Go Jerickson Profar. But if former A's aren't your thing, then let's go the underdog route. The Padres have never won a World Series, and this might not help the case, but uh, Bruce Bochy is their winningest manager of all time, and he had a losing record at 951 and 975. Uh, he's also the guy that led the Giants to three World Series titles in like five years. So uh, you can hold that against him, but also he had a losing record with the Padres, and uh, he didn't even win overall with the Padres. So... Um, Underdogs. There you go. <laughs> They're also a, a newer-ish team. Not like not new like the Diamondbacks or the Rockies or the Marlins or anybody, but uh, they're a newish team. They were brought in to the league in 1969, uh, but this will only be their seventh playoff appearance since they were just a, a, an expansion team in 1969. Seven times in 53 seasons. That sucks. I know that we complain, you know, people make fun about of the A's and all that stuff, but wow, that's awful. That sucks. I mean, they had Tony Gwynn, so that's cool. They got to keep him forever, but he made the playoffs like, what, once? Twice? Not a lot. So that's... Actually, I didn't go back. It was probably a few times, but that still sucks. Um, since 1999, they've won three playoff games, and two of those were in the wacky 2020 postseason. Uh, Dave Roberts, the Dodgers manager, and Mike Piazza, Hall of Famer, were the last were on the last Padres team before the one in 2020 to win a playoff game. So think back. I didn't remember. I don't know that I actually knew that Mike Piazza was on the Padres. Was that was that before or after the A's? I I gotta look up the years on this one now. That's wild to me. So if that's not you know recalling some people that you probably know from baseball history, uh, the, the last starting pitcher they, they had a couple of relievers win in 2020, but the last starting pitcher to earn a win in a playoff game for the Padres was Chris Young at like 27 years old. So he was kind of young then. He was young compared to me uh, back in 2006. And the Rangers, and that he is the current Rangers president of baseball operations. So he is still around, and he's also widely considered one of the smarter people in a front office. So uh, that that's the Padres that did the job in 2006 for their last win. They lost the series, but they won a game. Uh, and all three of those playoff wins in 2006 and 2020, all three of those games, 
came against the Cardinals. So if you don't think that the Padres are going to tank to go face the Cardinals again, because that's where they have success, you guys, uh, then, I mean, they, they probably won't do that. They just want to, they're happy to be in the playoffs and they'll face whoever they have to. But uh, wouldn't that be something? Every time they make the playoffs, they go, they get to go face the Cardinals. Uh, we were introduced to Slam Diego in 2020 and the arrival of Fernando Tatis Jr. on the big stage. But he's been out for the season with injuries and a PED suspension, so he's not playing. So you don't get to root for him. It, it, you still get to root for, you know, the Juan Sotos and the Jerks and Profars and Shamanaya and Bob Melvin. And uh, Jake Cronenworth is fun. I like watching Trent Grissom. Uh, I like watching him play center field. That's a good time. Uh, they could... They could also use a few extra cheers if you want to throw some cheers the Padres way uh, if you do choose to root for them. So the Padres of 2022 are one option that you could root for in these playoffs. Um, hey, I, I'm going to probably choose the Mets later on this week because they, they've got a bunch of former A's on their squad. And I don't know. They've always felt like a a New York version of the A's. Uh, and I'll get into that, you know, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But that's all that I got for you guys today on tomorrow's show. I'll be talking about the game that I am attending tonight against the Angels. And I am scared the A's aren't going to get uh, many runs. Uh, I saw their lineup and I'm intrigued. I mean, I, I'm honestly intrigued by the A's lineup. I just don't know that they're they have a ton of experience. We'll see. You got Tony Kemp, Sean Murphy, Seth Brown, Shea Langoliers. That's top four. Then you got Connor Capel, Ernie Clement. Ernie Clement is hitting sixth. You guys, that's he got a he got one double. So he's he's on a one hit streak right now. So that's great. And then you got Nate Mondew, uh making his big league debut, batting seventh. And then you got Christian Pache, which I'm very excited about. And Nick Allen back to the nine hole, uh, even though he'd been. He'd been slapping it around from the leadoff spot. So, sure, I guess, whatever. I wanted to see Jordan Diaz. I should have really uh, reached out to the lineup makers and be like, hey, I'm going to the game. Can I see Jordan Diaz, please? That'd be great. Uh, but I didn't, so I guess it's on me. Oh, well. All right, but I'll, I'll be at that game. Uh, we're going to be aiming for right behind home plate on the second deck. So if you see me, uh, tweet at us at Locked On A's. I got a gray sweatshirt on that says athletics on it uh, in a big green swath. I'm sure there'll be foul balls aplenty in my direction. I don't know. There's not going to be people there, so it's, it'll be fun. Hopefully I get one. Ah, we'll see. Uh, but that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, thank you again so much for making the Locked On A's your first listen today. Now, go make your second listen to the Locked On MLB podcast because baseball expert Paul Francis Sullivan, he brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. They're on the Odyssey app, they're on YouTube, and they're wherever you get podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, go follow Locked On MLB and go give Sully some likes and tell him how handsome he is. Actually, if you could do that, that'd be great. And say that uh, I said it too, and then he'll be like, Jason, and shake his fist at me. It'll be great. Uh, but that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, until, you know, next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow. <laughs> 